Welcome to episode 221 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we are looking at Season 9, Episode 18, Sunshine Days. The original air date was May 12th, 2002. Average IMDb user score is a 7.9 out of 10. And this was very close to the end. So in this episode, a couple of guys are out drinking, and one of them swears, this is the Brady Bunch house. This is where they filmed the show. His friend says, that looks nothing like it. He goes, no, 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 inside. And they end up breaking in, and yeah, the interior is the Brady Bunch house from that classic sitcom. Anyway, one of them, Michael, gets a little nervous and he ends up leaving, whereas his friend stays behind and ends up getting killed by getting launched through the roof. So the X-Files team get called in to investigate it. When they go into the house, it doesn't look like the Brady Bunch house anymore. Reyes was insisting that it wouldn't, since that was a soundstage and the house didn't actually exist. But then when they come back later, they find that, yeah, it was. And in fact, when they were there the first time, Doggett noticed the smell of fresh plaster. So he goes up and sneaks up and checks up on the roof and says that, yeah, there's a recently patched hole here. So this guy who died possibly getting dropped out of an airplane or falling out of the sky when he landed on the car... He figures he was launched out of the roof, went high up in the air, and then came down, proposing a somewhat supernatural explanation and saying, hey, I'm finally getting the hang of this job. As things progress, they discover that the owner of the house, who's born, Anthony Fogelman, is now going by the name Oliver Martin. He was a psychic prodigy who had telekinetic abilities that faded as he was being studied by Dr. John Reitz. These abilities seem to have returned. Moreover, he's using them to recreate the Brady Bunch and has actually changed his own name to match the name of Cousin Oliver, who came to stay with the family in the last season because it was a successful enough show that the young kids were no longer young and cute, so they brought in another young kid to get that cuteness factor back up and hopefully boost the ratings. They keep going and discover that, no, this guy is doing it, but he doesn't seem to have conscious control. It's more his subconscious desires manifesting, like some sort of reflex. And his powers fade when he's happy. They're only effective when he's in pain. And he was only happy when Dr. Reitz was with him. So rather than keeping him unhappy and letting his powers kill him, because they are consuming him from within, and getting the proof that they need that would keep the X-Files open forever, they end up wrapping it up and letting him live happily ever after with the original Doctor as a father figure. So this episode marks the last script for The X-Files written by Vince Gilligan. He had written all 30 episodes of the show up to this point and wrote six of the 13 episodes of The Lone Gunman, or co-wrote them in many cases. And this was his way of saying goodbye. And he was trying to give them all their moments. Doggett's got some great moments. Scully's got some great moments. Again, Reyes still lacks them. To the point that even when Dog returns and gets the proof and he's levitated and is walking on the ceiling before he goes through the roof, Scully and Reyes aren't even there. He was there with Dr. Reitz and not with his FBI partner who comes in later after he's down on the ground. It really felt like they just didn't know what to do with Reyes' character up to this point. And they admit it was hard to write for her because you've got established Scully on one side of the debate and Dog on the other. 
and not all debates could have three sides. Vince Gilligan not only wrote this episode, he also directed it. This is his second episode of The X-Files as a director. He previously directed Jusso Hit, and this is his final X-Files directing credit, although he will go on to direct five episodes of Breaking Bad, El Camino Breaking Bad movie, and six episodes of Better Call Saul, which makes sense as he is the creator of Breaking Bad and that franchise. Now, Oliver Martin or Anthony Fogelman, whose birth name of Anthony was chosen in a reference to Bill Mooney's character, who had dangerous psychic powers as a child on the Twilight Zone, is a character played by Michael Emerson. He's got 51 acting credits to his name. He's still active today. He is best known for his work in Lost, Person of Interest, Saw, and he actually voiced the Joker in Batman The Dark Knight Returns, the direct-to-video animated films. This is his only appearance in The X-Files. Now, John Aylward plays Dr. Reitz. He's got 98 acting credits to his name and is also still active today. He is best known for his work in Armageddon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Instinct, and The Crazies. This is his only appearance in The X-Files. Now, Tyson Turow has 30 acting credits to his name and is still active today. He is best known for his work in Better Call Saul, Bosch, Justified, and Loners. His role here as Blake McCormick is his only work on The X-Files. Stephen Bridgewater plays Dr. Henry J. Cox in here. This is his only appearance in The X-Files. He is best known for work actually as crew and director. Well, he was crew in Traffic and 21 Grams and directed Out of the Woods and The Christmas Card. His last acting role was 2016. He is still working today. He's actually attached to direct a project called Jewel, which has no release date. Dave Faustino may be the most recognizable member of the cast, having played Bud in Married with Children, which was considered to be a almost parody, an extreme other end of the Brady Bunch. He has been trying to distance himself from that role a, a little bit, at least, just to say he can do other things because of typecasting, which may be why the can of Bud beer that he was drinking in this episode had the Bud letters removed. He is also known for his work in Legend of Korra as the voice of Mako, Dave in Starving, and playing a version of himself in Entourage. This is his only X-Files appearance. Now, Arlene Warren plays Skinner's assistant once again. She does play it as Arlene Pileggi. She has married Mitch Pileggi. And this is her last X-Files credit for the TV series. She would also voice her character of Skinner's assistant in the X-Files Resist or Serve PlayStation 2 game. And that is her final acting credit. She did also appear in Whale Music Profile for Murder in that 70s show prior to this. That 70s show was during her work on The X-Files. Damon Kaler has two acting credits to his name. He plays an orderly in this episode. And he would play Correctional Officer Number 2 in Halloween in 2016. He also worked as a producer on Private Number, which came out in 2014. And... He's an executive producer in Twilight, The Story of Hope, a movie which is completed, but on hiatus at the time of this recording in 2020. It does not yet have a release date. Now, Eric Dawn plays the child version of Anthony Fogelman. He is best known for his work in Mr. Murder, this episode of The X-Files, 
Soccer Dog European Cup, and Aquila and the Bee. He also worked in Prom Night and The Visitor. He also has a credit for playing Ryan in archive footage of Malcolm in the Middle in clip show number two, when he has no other credits for it. I haven't seen a lot of Malcolm in the Middle, but I'm wondering if their clip show included original content. Now, Robbie Troy plays Carol Brady here, so she doesn't have a lot of an on-screen presence. The people who played the Bradys really didn't interact much. They were in the background. They were more people who just resembled them, but they didn't want to break the illusion by having direct interaction. So you see them through windows and whatnot, but that's about it. She has 29 acting credits to her name, or sorry, 26 acting credits to her name. She is still active today and has appeared in Why Women Kill, Great as an Enemy, American Housewife, and Me, Myself, and I. Keith Forster plays Michael Brady. This is his fifth and final IMDb credit. It's also his only X-Files credit. His other four credits are for Dating in LA, Future Murder, After Sex, and Dog Watch. And finally, Marshallin Cross plays the version of Alice we see here. She is best known for her work as Alice here, as Second Table West in an episode of House, as Dead Woman in a 2002 episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer titled Help, and as Nurse in Without a Trace. So she's got 11 acting credits to her name, the first three, including The X-Files here in 2002. Her most recent credit is from 2019. So she does appear to still be working today. So this episode does have a lot of fun elements, especially if you enjoy classic TV with the references built into the Twilight Zone, obviously the Brady Bunch, and a lot of those other elements. It's getting so down to the wire, I really wish we had had a better chance to get to know Reyes and that they'd come up with a way to have her in a position here, because so often her role is just peacemaker. When Scully has one position, Doggett had another, and then Reyes just kind of had to bridge the gap. But unfortunately, there's not a lot of time to develop that. So that's about all we have to say about Sunshine Days. Join us again in two weeks' time when we take a look at the original series finale with both parts of The Truth. Thank you for listening.